I'm Jerry McGreer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Non-Human Biologics, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show, The X-Files. And we're back covering more episodes of The X-Files. This is the first they one. They tried to keep us down. They tried. We Chris. can't be stopped. They, they didn't actually try because nobody has heard these episodes yet. We're three episodes into recording and nobody has, we haven't published the a single one of these. at our door once again. <laughs> Get these haters out of here uh i'm excited for this one because it's yeah. the first one that's not written by chris carter i think i don't think the last one was oh, okay. uh and it's just exciting to get like i guess our first kind of intro to like a what what quote unquote the monster of the week format that, that x-files yeah. is going to take even though this is going to tie into like the myth arc or the overarching plot of what you, whatever you want to call it so this is fun this is gonna be exciting I still- this is this is one of the first episodes that really grabbed me um, when rewatching the show ten years ago, whatever it was, because those first two, it's just exactly what you think that the X Files are going to be, and then this is the first one where it's like, no, by the way, we're going to be doing all <laughs> sorts of stuff on this, uh, and it's so ridiculous out the gate. I mean, but it's not; it isn't. It feels like a really good horror movie. This episode, it does. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far, let's uh, thank our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. Um, if you donate some dollars, you can get access to our Discord server where all of our community hangs out and talks about the X-Files. Presumably, that's happening. We don't know. Yeah. We don't We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's I'm all future out. talk. I posted a picture of my cat today. Yeah. I posted pictures of horses. So it's a, it's a fun place to be. Uh, and then there's also, you can get access to episodes early. If you want to listen to these on a Monday instead of a Thursday, you can do that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Chris, you want to uh, catch us up with what's been happening on the X-Files? I'd love to. Scully has been assigned, Agent Dana Scully, I didn't write anything for this, has been assigned to work with Agent Fox Mulder, also known as Spooky, um, to monitor his work on the X-Files, which are exactly what they sound like. Um, Mulder spends his days at the FBI wasting company resources, government resources, investigating UFOs and everything strange. Um Meanwhile, Scully is reporting on that, seeing if there's any validity to the things that he's doing. But over the last two episodes, we've seen these two actually have a lot of respect for each other. And and they've already been kind of drawn into a tangled web of conspiracies. And Scully has quickly realized that maybe there's more to this stuff than than people are letting on. We are covering uh, the X-Files Season 1, Episode 3, Squeeze, which originally aired on September 24th, 1993. Written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, directed by Harry Longstreet, Scully and Mulder discover a mysterious serial killer when they find that their current investigation is similar to an unsolved case from 1903. Um, I just want to say right off the bat that I knew about this episode going in, right? I don't remember watching this, uh, which is going to be something I say a lot, I think, on this podcast. Uh, but wow, do the special effects of this hold up so well? Like, just right? CGI being so unavailable just is such... And I'm, I know I'm a big 90s nerd at this point in my life. Like, I know I'm doing that 90 nostalgia every single episode. And I'm sorry, people not born in the 90s. But <laughs> it's CGI being so fucking ridiculously expensive makes them do this weird stuff. And it just works for me really really well like this dude's squeezing himself in and out of vents is so alien looking and and fantastic that i just absolutely love it and it's so deliberate too because you had to figure out how this was going to work in a way that they maybe don't anymore you can just go yeah we'll fix that in post we'll do something we have wonderful artists who can who can pull this off we don't even have to think about it but back then you did have to think about it you did have to make a deliberate decision um and and sometimes those decisions are not good ones but they're deliberate and i think that that stands for something so we're going to start in baltimore maryland uh where a very wobbly camera is following a man out of a restaurant uh if the camera's that wobbly you know that it's pov (laughs) you're a little you're a little skunk man living in the sewers you know you know we're gonna and it's the tiktok version of pov which is not actually pov which is annoying to me but whatever um he walks by a sewer grate and there's a there's a little dude inside just watching um we see him enter his office on like video surveillance footage uh his office is totally empty um he goes to like uh, lock the door uh and like he's sitting there by himself so right off the bat we know like this dude has kind of isolated himself. Um, and then we see the screws of the vent unscrewing themselves from the inside, uh, which is 
always a big, always a problem, Chris. I don't know if yeah. that's ever happened oh, at your that's house. That's always a problem. Yeah. When you see that happening, even if there's not a man in the vents, if you see that happening, you know you've got a problem. Absolutely. Uh, we, as the music begins to ramp up, uh, we we see this violence occurring. We we this, this he he's attacked. We see blood dripping all over the carpet. Carpet. Uh, we see blood splattered all over the desk, and then the vent screws itself back into place as we as we hear heavy breathing, and then yeah. we get our um, immediate intro, which is fantastic. Uh, as we talked about last week, very pretty strong very cool intro. opening scene. Pretty strong cold open. Fantastic op. <laughs> fantastic um, op. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, for bringing us yeah. into the modern modern lingo. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, and then we we catch up with Scully, and I really found myself liking i mean i love scully um but i just loved her little arc here where she is meeting back up with we start she's at lunch with with an old colleague somebody she went to the academy with um and they're just talking about their careers and this guy uh was his name tom colton right away he's made it very clear like hey he's got this investigation but his primary concern is is like climbing the ladder uh and and making a a name for himself getting himself a nice reputation whereas we learned throughout this episode that scully actually cares about what she's doing more than she cares about her reputation um which i really like about her we should also mention that this is played by the one and only donald logue um which if you don't know donald logue um you may remember him from the first blade movie <laughs> or maybe yeah I feel like this guy has been in everything he's he's been in everything at this time like the, his biggest claim to fame was doing like weird mtv ads <laughs> like he was one of those guys with um yeah. <laughs> uh the comedian who was always like you know the, the, the fireman comedian or whatever is what i call him but whatever um it's I'm, i am going to geek out on every weird mid-90s small time <laughs> actor that shows up so donald Logue showing up in an x-file episode with like a crisp suit on is wild to me like yeah, this this dude yeah. is a trash fire and everything you've seen him too <laughs> i think he gets his hands cut off at the end of blade he's that guy or whatever like he's perfect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's it, i mean it's absolutely perfect um and you're right i love this arc that she's going to be going through of like hip discovering that this dude is kind of a shitbag um also yeah. because it, even right away she's sticking up for Mulder when Mulder's not there yeah she's like oh you're aren't you worried about your reputation you know working with spooky Mulder down there and she's like no he's a great agent like yeah he's doing weird stuff but he's really good at his job and I, I like that because it's also given us a little glimpse into the FBI as a whole right like it's not this monolithic thing it's all of these individual yeah. personality types and it definitely seems like Scully who is you would presumably think is cast as like this very closed-minded scientific approach actually has an open mind to some of this stuff right she's right. she's right. willing to accept some some craziness quote-unquote some some ex- ex- some eccentricities what the fuck am I trying to say? Eccentricities. Ex- Thank you. From Mulder. Uh, I struggle with that one, too. That's a weird one. Uh, Eccentricities. Eccentricities. Right. There you go. Let's not freak our, our listeners out. Yeah, I think that um, you look at like the pop culture depiction of Scully and Mulder that's very, very black and white, and neither of them actually fully fits into that. Mulder a little bit. Mulder is pretty far out there. But um, Scully is just so much more patient and understanding and considerate, at least in the first few seasons, than I think the the mass media has has um drawn her ass yes absolutely and i think that's just pop culture doing pop culture things right like this is it's interesting going back and watching this stuff from the beginning and realizing mm-hmm. like how different your kind of accepted belief is on something like this um scully makes a, a classic line here she says a classic line which is this looks like an x file i love that yeah um yeah because this guy starts talking about the case he has right yep uh, this is all basically um, just like locked door killings. And the, the, mm-hmm. uh, there's no pattern. None of the victims seem to have anything in common, except for the fact that they're missing their liver, which was which was ripped out. Ripped um, out sounds, by bare hands. Sounds like one of our kind of thing, Chris. Sounds like our kind of thing. If you have, if you have to ask me, it sounds like our kind of thing. And um, he has kind of a shitty line here, too, uh, because Donald Logue, every character he's going to play is, is a little bit shitty, which I appreciate about him. Uh, he wants her to review the case, maybe like slide it over to Mulder, uh, but it's kind of like promising her like hey this may be your way out and he says maybe you won't have to be mrs spooky anymore uh which i think is just shitty <laughs> like it's a shitty thing to say to scully yeah. who is presumably done very well in her career and still doing very well so. right um and there was something about this conversation that maybe i misunderstood but i thought that this guy was kind of doing a roundabout way of asking her to ask Mulder to like give them some information on this mm-hmm but I don't think that that's the case. That was my f- initial read on that. But I think he's just like, no, I don't want that guy anywhere near this. Um, because in the next scene, when when Scully goes to tell Mulder about this, Mulder is saying like, oh, why didn't they just ask me outright for yeah. me to help them? Um, and she's like, well, 
They think you're spooky. <laughs> um, and when they and he has his his famous line of "Do you think I'm spooky?" that everybody was always blogging about on Tumblr. <laughs> Do you think I'm spooky? Uh, and when he arrives, like him and Boulder immediately like rub against each other, right? Like they mm-hmm. they have some static with each other, and Boulder leans into this, like he's he's not above fucking with somebody when he when he has the mm-hmm. chance to. Um, and he leans into this like uh, where they're talking about like a reticula or something. Like he just starts kind of blabbering on, and and he could tell he's just winding Colton up at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, because Colton makes a, a comment about little green men so yeah. Mulder's like well actually it's little gray men and then goes off on this thing and you know he's just fucking with them and you know he absolutely loves doing it uh, meanwhile Mulder starts actually doing casework right he's actually looking around the yeah. office uh, and he finds these weird metal slivers near the vent um, which you know when he looks down realizes like oh somebody opened up the vent uh, and he finds this print like a fingerprint that has been distorted um, mm-hmm. and we take that back home and we realize that that matches a previous X-File from 10 other murders from the 1960s and 1930s maybe even back to the 1900s so basically yeah. uh, every 30 years or so something happens five murders occur all livers are disappeared and then like just the person just disappears again so five murders every 30 years stretching back a while now sounds like our kind of thing sounds um, like our kind of thing <laughs> Scully is like listen we do not have like a, a 100 year old serial killer that's not happening um for some reason i like to hear that Mulder is like i admit this one is an alien. Yes, I like this. Because Scully is like, do you really want me to go back to this like violent, like this prestige violent crime unit and talk about aliens? And he's like, absolutely not. This is totally, it's a human fingerprint, Scully. What are you no, talking this about? Is a human, this is a human shapeshifter, Scully, obviously. Yeah, obviously, this is a shapeshifter. I mean, come on, Scully. Like, there's no, we didn't, time didn't stop. We didn't see any lights. Nothing Nothing about this is weird. Uh, Get your facts straight. But he does want to pursue this separately from the violent crimes unit. So he wants to be able to kind of do his own thing with this. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Scully does the thing that uh, I love about the FBI, which is they create a profile. I love creating profiles, Chris. This is always very you love fun. to see a profile. I created. love to see a profile, man. I, every James she Patterson would have been book. Great on MySpace. Oh, dude, profiles are great. I wish I was a little yeah. too old for MySpace. I think, even though my mom well, had a you MySpace, could, you could create one hell of a profile on there. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you. Uh, and she 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 kind of you know at this point I feel like this is pretty standard stuff. Uh, but I, I, yeah. like in the '90s, I feel like this was still like behavioral analysis stuff was still relatively new to the public. We were just getting kind of drip fed about this. And she says the killer is a male, 25 years old, some sort of inner knowledge of the buildings that he's going into, or an ability to kind of pose in plain sight, whether he's like a a worker or something like that. Um, and as she's talking to this, we see her it, the like as she is working on the profile, it transitions to her presenting the profile to Donald Logue and Donald Logue's boss, um, and talking about the, yes. the killer taking the liver how he might return to the scene of the previous murder and so she wants to set up a stakeout to this murder thinking that he will show back up um yeah i like that she even has a a logical like clinical i mean maybe it doesn't make sense in real life but um reason for why the livers are being removed being like it has regenerative qualities so this is a sort of like ritual for this person he cleanses himself by consuming the ritual or removing the ritual or whatever um which i just thought was an interesting detail she wasn't just gonna like you know um gloss over that yeah uh and the head agent um who is donald logue's boss who he's trying to you know tom colton is trying to impress this dude uh by bringing scully in right um is basically saying like hey why don't you come work with us on this gig um and then also does like a vague condescending comment about her her job with with molder um so she's kind of getting this from all sides which is really disappointing right like it's just the fbi being dicks which i guess is there and you can tell she's she sort of bristles at this yes Um, but she decides to go along onto the stakeout. So, uh, she's in the parking garage. Uh, the, the, you know, the whole thing is filled with FBI. We see her in her car by herself. She hears a noise and then here comes surprise. It's Mulder. Um, yeah, she draws her gun on, on an approaching figure <laughs> and it's just, Hey, it's just Mulder. <laughs> and I love, I love Mulder and, and like casual clothing Mulder. Like he's not in a suit. It's just like he's out for another run. Just like he just yeah. happened to be by with this big old bag of sunflower seeds. And she's like, I almost put a bullet in here. <laughs> Why are you eating so many sunflower seeds? You fucking, are you on the team, dude? Are you in the dugout? What are you thinking? Um, but he's, he's immediately like this. He's not coming back here. Like this is a huge waste of time. Um, uh, but, yeah. but as he leaves, he starts hearing something. There's noises in these vents. Uh, and then he sees the bulging in the vents, like something's trying to get out. He runs back, grabs Scully, tells her to call for backup. 
Uh, they run over to the vents and now Scully sees the vents moving, which I didn't expect to happen. I figured this would be like, oh, you know, Mulder saw something. I was so something. sure it was going to be a rat or something like they, that they weren't actually going to do the reveal here, but they do. Yeah. Um, and it turns out it's just a dude. Uh, In my notes, I wrote um, some strange fella. <laughs> some strange fella. That's a good episode. Which title. I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, and yeah, it's just some strange fella. Uh, I love Mulder's kind of aside to Scully where he's like, you were right. I can't believe this yeah. is happening. Uh, and it turns out it's just a dude. They, he comes out of the vent. Uh, and this is when the rest of the agents arrive and, and take this guy down. Um, and this Eugene is Eugene Victor Toombs. Where we meet Eugene Toombs. Uh, and, and yeah, like... Man, I, I just I love the X Files, Chris. Like this is just this is so my jam. This like is good I'm, stuff. I'm just this so excited about it. <laughs> um, and they so we cut to hit. They're doing a lie detector test uh, with this strange fellow, Eugene Toomes, um, and he's just giving very, very kind of measured yes, no answers to everything. Um, and Mulder has them throw in a couple of questions from his X Files as well, which the other FBI agents assume are like control questions because it's like did you were you at this building at this time have you ever heard anything ha, did you kill so and so are you over 100 years old <laughs> um and the other agents are like what the fuck was that what are you talking about uh and the he passes this lie detector with with flying colors uh but Mulder, the lie detector expert himself uh looks at the results and determines that he did lie on those two specific questions 11 and 13 mm-hmm. This head dude, the agent in charge, obviously does not like Mulder, completely ignores him, and is like, this is not our guy. Like, we, This is just some random air conditioner tech. We don't have yeah, to worry about this guy. he's not a guy. fucking vampire. He says that they, they found, oh yeah, they found a dead cat in the in the air duct. So saying that's that's his alibi. He was called in to deal with that. So now they just arrested a man for trying to, to do his job. I use a lot of, I use dead cats a lot as alibis, just personally. So I've been doing it for years. <laughs> the same one, too. Um, Scully... Uh, kind of given the opportunity here as they as they laugh uh, Mulder off. Uh, I think Colton calls Mulder insane at this point. Like he just yeah. like they're all. And, but she decides to stick with him as opposed to going with uh, to sticking with the violent crimes unit. And she asked him like, yeah. "Why are you?" Pushing? And Mulder sticks by her too. He's like, "Scully is right. She has the right guy." Yeah. Um, but she wonders like, why are you, why are you pushing this? And Boulder just like, you know, I have to, like, I, you know, these guys have all these expectations and I want to mess with their heads. Like at least when you're, you and I are together, you can respect the journey. Like you were, you were actually doing the casework to get there. You're not just zooming ahead to the end and just making your assumptions. And that is that like all of these other dudes have their heads completely closed off to anything. Um, and then, Chris, it's time for Jeremy's favorite corner of the X Files universe, which is let's get some '90s technology out and let's do it. Let's do some computer work. Let's let's find an IBM three eighty six microfiche out. We're doing this. Get a, get, it's time for a Pentium two to come out of retirement yeah. to to do some fancy computer graphics. Uh, he takes the print that he got from the vent, um, as well as Eugene's print that they just took off of him, and yeah. does does a little photo manipulation, uh, Photoshop, Chris, like not yeah. Photoshop. This is this is this early. is before MS Paint. This is like. <laughs> This is probably, this actually, is what the FBI was up to. This is actually probably around MS Paint if I was thinking about it. I don't know when when MS Paint was released, but that's that's yeah, it's probably around. But yeah, he stretches he this out. Stretches that image. Yeah, it's perfect. And it, and it it fits perfect. Um wow, MS Paint came out in 1985. Wow. That's fucking All right. crazy. So that's probably what Mulder is using. <laughs> that's absolutely what Mulder is using. Yes. Um so yeah, he he he's, he he now knows that Eugene is the guy, no matter what. Yeah, um, and you know somehow he's figured out how to get freaky and stretchy. But hey, who hasn't? Uh, that night, Eugene watches his next victim as the victim arrives home. He uh, sneaks up to the house, watching as the man enters. Uh, he then I like, love that they just show it to us now. Like they're not messing with yeah, yeah. the Eugene the is the guy. Anymore. They're yeah. like, no, that's Eugene. That's him. We're and not, he's got glowing yellow eyes. We're not. We're not worried about a red herring anymore. We found our guy. Yeah. We don't have time. We have forty minutes. Like we get. We need to get through this. This dude has to crawl yeah. through a fireplace. So we, we've got to. We've got to <laughs> we get gotta going. Make this happen. <laughs> and so he starts crawling up the wall. And I know he looks like Spider Man. Tobey Maguire Spider Man, especially. But he reminded me of Dracula in well dracula <laughs> in the novel when when jonathan harker looks at his window and he's like man that guy dracula has been like a little bit weird not totally weird but a little bit weird anyway what's that outside and then he sees fucking 
Dracula crawling up the wall like Spider-Man, and he's like, now that's definitely That is strange. definitely a little strange. <laughs> that's what Eugene Tubes is doing here. And then he crawls into the fucking chimney, and I'm like, okay, so that's how Santa's been doing it all these years. I love that they kind of like linger on him grabbing the wall, uh, which should be relatively impossible, right? But like he uses his like weird shape-shifting melty powers to like get his fingers into these gaps yeah. so that he can crawl yeah. up. Um and then as he gets to the top, he like makes a noise, which of course this victim notices uh, and starts looking around a little bit. But uh, Eugene immediately starts stretching himself into the fireplace. Uh, and this is what I talked about, the special effects. Like it looks super gross. I don't actually know if this is like completely practical or not CGI or whatever. It just feels so of its time and natural for mm-hmm. some reason to me. Like it doesn't look out of place. Um and yeah, so he he like contorts himself to fit into this. Uh, meanwhile, like the victim in his house is like grabbing a drink. He tries to start a fire in his fireplace, but of course, like there's no oxygen, so he can't. I love that you have catch. that moment where you think it's gonna work, or like you think it's gonna like smoke this guy out or something. Yeah, and he's gonna save himself, but no. Uh, and unfortunately, Eugene is already behind him, uh, full of ash and just absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and of course, we get the cut to commercial right as Eugene attacks the dude. What is it? Chekhov's gun? Is there whatever the, yeah, you know yeah. I'm talking about? Because mm-hmm. um, there's a katana in the background of the shot. And uh, I just kept thinking, this is fucking Chekhov's fucking katana. Like, I don't even know if that's the right name. You know what I'm talking about, though. Um, they didn't They didn't do nothing with that katana. Big disappointment. I can't believe there's a katana and we don't get to talk about it too much. Like, it was just in the... I didn't even notice it. That's how bad this katana is. That's how bad of a katana that this is. You th- I have, like, uh, radar for such things. Um, the next day, all of the FBI agents are on the scene. Uh, Colton is on site. And, uh, Colton's like, yo, this guy had a katana. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's related to the katana. And Mulder's like, it's absolutely not a, not a katana situation. Not. <laughs> uh, but he does try to stop Mulder and Scully from, from being on the premise. Like he, he's basically saying like, we don't want you here. Like you're, this is not your case or whatever. Um, and she completely shuts that down. Like, no, this is, this is our case too. We're working. And he asked her like, what side are you on? Like kind of positioning this violent crimes oh, unit yeah. versus the X-Files unit as, you know, competing or, competing units within this organization and she just kind of shuts him down and is like i'm on the victim side like i'm here to solve the crime again she's trying to do what is right not advance her career um Mulder finds another scene uh and this is when Mulder notices that something was taken uh like the, he sees a dust ring or something so like yeah he, one of the one of the uh katanas from the rack yeah one of the missing. you can see this man should have taken care of his katana there should be no dust at all on this on this rack how dare you how dare you sully the name of this katana yeah so but yeah he notices something is gone so now he's like okay now we we have another we have another potential not lead necessarily but another like aspect to the profile um and then we cut back later Mulder's doing some more digging um microfiche dude this is where the microfiche comes into play in a huge way um scully learns that uh tombs has not been to work since he was arrested and the apartment that he gave doesn't actually belong to him it was a fake address or something like that um but Mulder has an address back in his old files from 1903 this house in exeter street uh where the first murder took place and so there's they start to hone in on on that um scully is still thinking that this is like not a 100 year old time traveling um serial killer but a generational thing a father teaches a son teaches a son um but uh yeah so now we're gonna we gotta dig through some old files um they don't really find anything. They spend a lot of time and looking. It's a whole montage. They make a comment about, you know, oh, you know, the next time he strikes, if we don't stop him now, it'll be 2023. Because um, it was just the 30th anniversary of the show. Which is so weird. <laughs> when I heard that in the in like context of the show, I was like, oh, man, this is really, really strange. Yeah. Um, but Scully did find one thing. Um, the investigating officer who uh, looked into the murders in 1933 um and they go to visit him he's in like even though he looks like he's like perfectly fine he's like in like an old person's home <laughs> Which, i'm so confused because he worked this case and then i thought i thought that he said that he worked for 40 something years on the force and then retired in 1948 i must have misheard that um but i just look at this man i'm like how fucking old is he yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's, he doesn't seem that old <laughs> the age thing is really strange here uh and it doesn't it doesn't really matter long term like all we're going to do is find out some additional information but he's basically been waiting around for someone to come and find this um yeah. because these these murders uh 
specifically the ones at the mill in the 1930s or excuse me in the 1960s uh he was you know he could he 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 claims that it is pure evil he compares it to the same feeling he had when he heard about the death camps in the 1940 um he even says like it's like all the horrible acts humans are capable of gave birth to some sort of human monster um and i i think this is all really good flavor and really good color it's weird that like they don't really set this dude like this dude just seems to be like a like a just a person with a genetic mutation right like it's just a it's just a guy with a thing like it's right. like he doesn't seem right. like he's actively being evil you know i know he's killing people he's for just, their liver he's just feeding right yeah but, yeah but then he's also he's i guess we should know you know he's doing some of this for sport as well because he likes sneaking into high security places into places that he shouldn't be able to get into and he isn't just picking off like random people off the street he's doing something that seems like it should be impossible yeah um so there there is a little bit more of a sinister nature to him but uh yeah, I wonder if they'll expand on that more more further in the series or something. He uh he's got some collected evidence that he's saved up from the murders in both thirty three and sixty three. He believed they were the same person at the time. Um, somehow or another, he got a piece of the liver that was taken, um, hmm. and then also mentions that this dude likes to take like small knickknacks from from his victim. Um, and he has he not only knows who Eugene Toom is, but he has pictures from thirty years ago, um, and it's the pictures were taken from where. Uh, uh, Mulder had actually f- the address that Mulder had found um, so everything is starting to connect so that so they go to this old like ruined building we get to see it from the the 60s and then the modern day which of course it's much more run down someone spray painted torn on the outside knowing that we would come and podcast about this one day I think that's perfect um, yeah. and then they you know we're classic X-Files material they enter the building we start to explore these darkened rooms uh, they find this weird very awful room very quickly uh guns are drawn and then when they they step in like they're both shocked when this evil feeling hits them uh and i think Mm -hmm. it's Mulder who says like the old man was right like they both feel this like intense concentrated evil uh which is i didn't think about this when i was watching the episode but now talking about it it is really strange (laughs) that they're making this dude out to be so bad like comparing him to the fucking death camps in auschwitz it's a really strange situation really that's a really hardcore and yeah I, I guess it's like let's do let's be as effective as possible with this limited time that we're we've got to kind of like linger on this. So let's just use these really intense expressions. Yeah, maybe. I mean it is certainly unsettling when you think about it. It's it's just a feeling that this guy gives off, even though he's only killed well only killed. But I'm just saying you compare it to something like a Holocaust, it's like nothing compares. Um, but it's just he's just has this great evil about him. Um, and yeah, it's they can't really convey that with just this room, but you sort of do get it. Yeah, and especially as they as they discover this like ladder that leads down underneath and just the weird stinking mess down Dude, there. I just want to say like they they move this mattress and there's a giant hole in the wall and Scully's just like let's go like there's no hesitation yeah. there's no there's no back and forth there's no like oh, I don't want to go down there like, like like I feel like most TV shows would do Scully's just like fuck it let's let's ride like I'm I'm into this. Um, and they get down there and there's really like, they climb to what looks like the cellar of this building. Um, and there doesn't seem to be anything there until they see this table with a ton of personal effects. These small knickknacks that this guy has fucking taken. Uh, there's the katana. There's the, katana. there's the katana. Finally, we have it. We have another shot of the katana. And they're like, they stole this. He stole this from, from the last victim's house. Like he's, he was just here. This is not an old spot. Absolutely. And yeah. then, and then they find what they sort of figure out to be uh well these are all his trophies first of all but now they seem to find his weird little nest dude this is so fucking uh, gross <laughs> made out of like just sticky gross disgusting you know newspaper and garbage that he's all mashed together with like spit um and Mulder touches it and he comes away his hand comes away covered in this like you know just gross mess um and Scully says, oh, God, Mulder, I think it's bile. And this is another iconic Mulder line where he says, is there any way I can get it off my fingers quickly without betraying my cool exterior? <laughs> it feels like he was this, he was self-aware. He was like this that's type of self-aware protagonist even before that was like the popular thing to do. Absolutely, um, yeah. But it's funny to see him kind of like squirm a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, Mulder puts this together like, I don't think that this is where he's living. I think this is where he's hibernating. Um, and yeah. he thinks that, you know, Eugene is using these livers to to basically survive for the 30 years that he goes to sleep. Um, and they 
as they leave, because the idea now is they're going to go get a surveillance crew. They're going to they're going to surveil this building, wait for Eugene to come home, and, and then and grab him right and arrest him. As they're leaving, Scully gets kind of like caught, like her shirt gets caught on something, and she manages to get it loose, uh, but she doesn't realize that it was actually Eugene, kind of like hanging from the top, basically. Um, yeah, and he stole her necklace. And he steals her. He necklace. stole her katana. <laughs> Cannot believe. Why was she wearing a katana? Why don't we <laughs> talk about Scully's katana? Like a ninja turtle, <laughs> dude. This, I mean. Even if she never pulled it out, the show would be 90% better if Scully had a katana. <laughs> just imagine. She's just walking around wearing the same outfits all the time, but she's just got that thing slung over her shoulder. It would be, I mean, just exactly the same outfits. It never comes into play, and when it does, it's fucking serious. Like, it's only in yeah. season finales. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's big yep. news when the katana comes out. She has to cut Mulder free from the UFO. I don't know. <laughs> Go too far with the katana thing. <laughs> um. Mulder then has to brief these two guys uh, who look like fucking, you know, fucking jagoffs basically that are watching this building. Uh, meanwhile, Colton uh, confronts Scully. He tells her that uh, they can't use his his men, his team, to to stake out this abandoned building. Um, and he says that like he called it off. And then he says, actually, I, I had to ask my boss to do it. Uh, and this is like kind of their um, the point where they. They, they actually kind of fight about this where she, he says, she says like, is this what you have to do to climb the ladder? And he's like, I'm willing to do this all the way to the top. And then she just says, then I can't wait for you to fall on your ass and then leaves. Yeah. Fucking great. I love it. Um, Fucking good. I love that when she, she goes home. Um, well, she, okay. First she, she goes home and we can tell she's being watched. We already know the tombs is after her. Um, Mulder goes back to Exeter street, back to the apartment and finds that the stakeout is not there. So he needs to get inside and see what's going on. So he runs back into the apartment. Uh, but this is the part where I love uh, Scully's just like getting getting you know herself ready, running a bath, and I love that she just calls Mulder to complain. <laughs> it's such a uh, uh, casual like friend thing to do. Like oh, I'm just gonna like complain about my day at work today, <laughs> and she's just on the phone leaving a message for him. Like oh you know Tom's being a real ass. We should file a complaint against him. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, while this is going on, she's being watched from outside her window by Tombs. Yes. Um, and she's, you know, um, she eventually sees it because, uh, as he's like in her vents, she sees bile drop in from the vent. Um, and she does, and she knows exactly, she's like, oh, that's, that's bile work. I know exactly what to do with, with, I know exactly what this is. Uh, grabs her gun. Mulder's trying to call her. Uh, but Eugene, who is kind of like, you mentioned this earlier, like the security person has cut all of the phone lines so he can't get through. Um, and he's, you know, this is basically a fight at this point. He lunges out of the vent at her. He's trying to get at her liver, which is very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, he manages. It's a pretty tense scenario. It's very, it, it's very frenetic. I will say for like mm. this kind of scene, like it looks, it looks like what would be I would associate with like a like a, a mid eighties slasher movie where shit is just right. happening and like you're like oh my god anything could possibly happen in this. Um, uh, and as they start fighting, M- Mulder shows up, crashes inside the house, um, manages to, like, they, they're scuffling around. Eventually, Scully manages to uh, handcuff him to the tub. Um, and as he realizes he's caught, his eyes fade from the weird green, yellowish color back to normal. Um, yeah. And we cut from this. We go from here back to the detective in the nursing home, the immortal detective uh, <laughs> that is reading about this from the paper and sees this man's picture that like he was caught for these and he was arrested for these murders. Uh, and he begins to like openly weep at the sight of this, uh, yeah. which again, I thought was a kind of a weird, strange moment. Like it was, yeah, a, but it's just, it was a character arc. We didn't get, you know, get a lot of time. on. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, a, it was just a little bit strange. Um, Whatever movie adaptation, the script was initially meant for would have had more time you know to spend with this man but um i you know that that whole scene with taking down tombs i like that it's not that just molder coming to the rescue i like that there is still teamwork involved in this yeah um you know he was able to deduce when he found her necklace that oh shit she's in trouble and she was able to hang on long enough and and keep herself together long enough uh, to to hold out until Mulder got there, and I just I like that the way that that all panned out, and they aren't completely making her like a damsel or anything like that. Yeah, this is this is all good. Um, I'm I, I, every time they do this thing, and I don't know if this is just movies coloring the way that I think, but like this, we've only covered three episodes, and two of them. Uh, Scully has has been about to get into a bathtub. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's uh, right. And every single time, I think they're going to make her the damsel in distress, and they 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 don't. Like in that first episode, she realizes like she's got this mark, and she runs to 
uh, Mulder for comfort, which is kind of like a, a damselly and distressy kind of situation. But in this one, it's absolutely not. She like handles her shit. So yeah. yeah. I, and, and I also just like fucking Jillian Anderson is so awesome. Like, how is she mm-hmm. this? How is she this cool? She's the best. Yeah. She's the best. Um, um, we skip to a couple of days later, I feel like, or maybe the next day, uh, Eugene is in jail or he's in this room, uh, that looks like a, maybe a psychiatric, psychiatric yeah, unit holding cell of some sort. And I don't know why they're giving him newspaper. This seems like a bad idea because he's just yeah, using cause it. He's, Cause that freaks making a fucking mess. Why are you doing that? Like, that seems like a <laughs> terrible thing to do. Newspaper and licking it. Uh, and then like, Oh. I feel like Scully and Mulder are just looking around, going like, "Did y'all not read the file? Did you get? Did you not yeah, read the notes? Like he didn't makes read the file about that he licks newspapers to make nests. He makes nests, guys. <laughs> like, bro, he's he's making a nest right now. And they're like, "Oh no, no, that's fine. It's so totally cool. We'll just clean it out later." Like, what? It's, what are you what doing? What do you mean? Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, they they just sort of. I mean, Scully. She says, "Okay, she ran a bunch of tests, and yes, she did find a number of genetic abnormalities, um, but." who knows you know there's it's still even with finding those abnormalities it doesn't necessarily explain everything that happens um you know no security system has been strong enough to to stop this guy but okay we we caught him now all's well that ends well i guess and they walk away i just think you're walking away a little casually from a man who has lived over 100 years doing this like you gotta go do something nobody is prepared as, for this nobody is nobody's prepared. prepared for this i guess this is the first first one in the system you know what i mean there's no evidence there's no there's no case history for this one uh, but as they walk away a minute later and uh, an orderly comes by he brings some food um then you know pushes it through the slot in the door and then we just see tombs staring at that slot in the door and then he he smiles because he knows, being a freaky little guy, he can fit oh, himself yeah. through that slot in the door, and yeah, he's gonna get buddy. out. Um, and w- even if we never saw him again, this would still be like just a classic uh, X Files episode end. I um, but we mentioned that the Smoky Man is in the background, right? Like we see him. Um, oh, do we see his ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the the way the camera angle is set up. Uh, in the foreground is like you know Boulder and Scully looking through the window of the of the psychiatric room where Eugene is, but in the background there's like a double door and it's like an orderly pushes through. He's like leaning against on the other side of the door, smoking a cigarette. How did I not notice that? That um, rules. Yeah, yeah. So that just a little bit of like I think he showed up in every single episode so far. Is just kind of like watching over these these weird little things. As again, not necessarily like we don't really know what's happening with this dude. We know he works it's somehow with the fbi and the pentagon we know that he's he's got super good secrets yeah um (laughs) but yeah what a what a cool episode like what a what a fun monster of the week episode this is um it's it's just really impressive like how well these episodes hold up for being Mm -hmm. fucking 30 years old at this point right and it's it's just comes down to the writing you know and the characters um they are both we're getting just a little bit of growth from each of them the way that they are sticking together and standing up for each other uh and scully is proving that um she's doing her job for the right reasons and doesn't yep. care about just you know furthering her career for the sake of it and we also learn about Mulder that he likes to fuck with people a little bit and he has this kind of territorial pride about him and i love this attitude right like the the i love Mulder's attitude of if well if you're not going to take treat me seriously i'm not going to treat you seriously right, right. like there's no right. why why would i extend you that courtesy if you're not going to extend me that courtesy uh and i just i just love that number one just straight out love that um yeah. And then, you know, again, Scully's kind of back and forth with Donald Logue throughout the episode is, is is really good. All of that stuff is great. And then what a weird, creepy little guy. We I think what we're on, I think we're on the guy. right. We love creepy little guys on this podcast. Absolutely. On all of I'm our podcasts. Yeah. Always loving weird, creepy little More guys. More creepy little guys. It can never go wrong. I'm always here for <laughs> creepy little guys. And this is one of the creepiest little guys we've seen in a while. Stealing people's livers through the vents, my dude. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah. With your bare hands? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what a, what a good episode of X-Files. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited. I don't. I I think I vaguely remember the first few, but uh, this this is definitely a standout. Do you remember the next episode? I don't even have a, an idea of what happens. It might in the be next... the one featuring Mark Shepard, but I could be wrong. Oh, interesting. Crowley from Supernatural. He's in an early episode. Good, good, to, good to know. Spoilers. Any uh any last thoughts on this episode before we GTFO? No, no. Let's GTFO. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, Non-Human Biologics. We very much appreciate it. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. Donating some money every month gets you exclusive podcast, access to this podcast early, as well as access to our community Discord server, where you can go chat in our gamer section and just be hardcore gamers or be softcore gamers. We really don't mind. You can you, how, Whatever kind of gaming that you do, whether it's feeding hungry cats or whether it's playing Stardew Valley or whatever it is, you can come chat with us. We also have a ton of other channels for a ton of other things, so. 
So please join. Uh, we'll be back next week with more X-Files. Bye. You're getting the cut, my friend. Oh what is man, up? oh man. <clears throat> but I tell you, after all these years, it is still it's still an uphill walk both ways getting into this damn You know, I and, um, when we recorded with Mary the last episode of Monster of the Week, I went ahead and like mm. paid for um Zencaster because I just was worried that it would fail or whatever. So we I could just okay. literally send you a link and you could just click the link and it would probably work every time without using Discord, but I keep forgetting that. So <laughs> I mean this is our home. It you is. Know, it is where we in, live. In Zencaster, I'm just Chris. In the Discord, I'm haunted by bones. You know what I mean? Haunted by bones. You're spooky, Jay. Spooky, Jay. You gotta, you gotta Woo. do it like the, like the tiger. Spooky, spooky Jay. Uh, I miss. Um, this is always my favorite time of year on Twitter. Uh, yeah. When people would would go all spooky themed, uh, but now Twitter sucks. So you not, can't. A, not a big uh, spooky theme over on Blue Sky yet. <laughs> Haven't I, I, I honestly have not been paying attention to Blue Sky at all. So <laughs> I've, I fell off. I fell off all social media for Same. various Same. reasons. Um, Probably so because I'm trying new? to feed this goddamn hungry cat, Chris. That's the reason I'm down on social media right name? now. <laughs> what is the name of this fucking game? It's Hungry Cat. It's that you got to feed this fucking hungry cat, no, dude. I've if you spent look, seven hours in the last two days playing this fucking fe- game. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> feeding that fucking cat, dude. I uh, I don't. I I feel like this game is a lot like. So me and Chris are both playing a game called Hungry Cat, which is a. Uh, what do they call it? Like a Nama? Uh, there's like a name for it or something. Like a Nama Namacon or something. What is it? So what is that's they call. It, let's see. Let's open it up. Let's open up the app. Yeah. And it's like um, it's a puzzle game uh-huh. on your phone. Uh huh. It's Hungry Cat Nonogram. Nonogram. Yeah. So and a nonogram is very similar to Picross if you ever played that, but or Sudoku. It's very similar to that. So uh, a nonogram is you have a grid. Um, on each column and row, you have a, a number and a color. So let's say that you have a five by five grid. The first row has a blue five. That tells you that every square is blue. So you go ahead and color that bad boy in blue. But uh, row two is uh, three, two, excuse me, three blue, two black. Uh, but you don't know where those go. So you have to use the columns in order to try to figure out. And then at the end of this process, presumably if you did it correctly, you make a picture. And the game is so fucking addicting. I'm almost like into 200 puzzles. I'm almost, almost into the 200s wow. now. Yeah, it's, I got to puzzle uh, 90 earlier today. And yeah, then I yeah. stood up to go grab my coffee that I forgot left. I left sitting in the other room. And somehow in between putting my phone down and coming back, I had closed the app. Not like fully closed it, but I had left the app. And when I went back into it, it restarted, and I lost all my progress on that damn level. Fifteen minutes down the drain. Oh man, Chris, I, I spent uh, two hours on one today. <laughs> like, there's you a, gotta just do it sometimes. There's you know a, what I mean? <laughs> there's a screenshot in the Discord uh, in the gamer section of me posting because I was just. Oh, is it the duck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the 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 apps. I don't know why it's not loading. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, hundred and sixteen minutes. And wow. 32 seconds. And, and that's Good for you. What happens, and I, this is the most frustrating thing in the world, is you get to the end of a puzzle and like you've only got a few like empty squares left. And me and you are both professional gamers, so we're, we're very hype on squares, right? So mm-hmm. this is this is mm-hmm. the perfect game for us. Um, we only have a few squares left and it doesn't it, it doesn't match up. All of a sudden you're you know, you get, you're off by like a color or by a number or something. And then you and then it, it's like I, 45 minutes into that 116 minutes totally erased what I had done. Just like got to start yeah. over. I have to start all the way over now. And it was so fucking frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes I look at it and there's been a few where I I've, I've just guessed and it's worked out. Um and I think I'm slowly starting to pick up on other strategies that I haven't really been aware of thus far yeah. to finally start getting there. But it's one of those games where I'm like, well, this is this sucks. I've been reading a lot more, which has been big for me because I feel like for like most of this year, I really have not been on my reading game. I haven't even been reading manga or anything. I've just been kind of like blah about everything. Um, 
last couple weeks really really diving back into reading which is always great it's a, it's a, it makes my brain feel a little bit better um but now i'm like forget forget the book i'm, I'm going to go feed this hungry cat feed this goddamn cat immediately <laughs> yeah dude um as somebody who's been spending a lot of time sitting in chairs and waiting for things uh this has been this has been pretty good for me <laughs> this has been pretty solid mm-hmm. i've spent a lot of time on it also i'm not um because of various reasons i went public on this like i don't know like i don't know if i really want to talk about it on the podcast in depth but um yeah. for people that don't know i was recently diagnosed with cancer and i'm going through like chemotherapy by the time this airs it'll be like three or four months in um and you know so like social media and stuff is where i'm updating folks if if, if you want to know about that stuff but all that means is i have a lot of time to sit on my dead ass and like do stuff and then sometimes like this week was the first week I started chemo and chemo brain is a very real thing where your brain just kind of fuzzes out. And this is the perfect game for that because you can like put an episode of Clone Wars on in the background and not be a little fuzzed out and then just and then just go do some numbers on your phone and just like completely vibe out. It's been it's been really good for that. I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out of of hungry cat. Once the cat is full, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Find a hungry dog. I'm going to I'm going to be looking for like weird clones that are just not as good or it doesn't have a good as good of an interface or something. I was going to tell you you know oh you really got to play resident evil 4 remake because i I, been, I replayed mm-hmm. the um i put the dlc that came out for it and um but I, I don't know if that's what what you want for fuzzy chemo brain right now no not really not not um it's i played i've been playing some console stuff uh so i played uh cocoon which was a recent new game that came out i think on just about everything uh it's oh. it's from the same dude that made um inside and limbo Okay, um, cool. So it's like a, it's very much like a, there's not really like combat or anything. You just are like, it's mostly puzzle solving and there's boss fights, but like, it's like kind of a, one of those things where you're, you're not punching anything. Like there's some, there's some mechanic that you have to figure out to do the yeah, boss fight. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, can't, it's just too crunchy for me right now. Just like I, I loaded up um, even mm-hmm. cyberpunk uh, before, like, I guess kind of during this process before chemo, I had that, that big cyberpunk demo demo, excuse me, version 2.0 came out and, and with the big DLC pack. And I was like, well, let me check this out. Everyone's saying it's legit. And I loaded it up and like kind of fell in love with it. Like I was really having surprised myself yeah. by having like a lot of fun with it. And I loaded it up the other day and like, loaded my save and i was just like this is all too much i just don't know yeah. this is all too crunchy yeah. and this is i don't and it's not really like i should be able to just go through it or whatever but it's just it's just a little get, more you get in the right headspace you get a lot going on i feel like it's uh and i don't want that i don't want to center this conversation on me or anything but i really feel like having the background thing happen and then having the thing happen in my hand is, is helping me out a lot of just like oh yeah. i can look up or i can look down or, or whatever yeah. so yeah it's it's a, it's a good way to kind of tune out while still keeping your brain active a little bit i've fallen off of uh, baldur's gate 3 definitely still want to finish it i'm in act three of of, of three acts uh and I have just been kind of trying to like advance the story. And every time I do something, like I went down to some sewers and by the time I left the sewers, I don't remember why I went down there, what I was doing, but so much had happened. And I just, I was overwhelmed. I was just like, I got to put this down for tonight. It's too much. <laughs> and I haven't gone back since, um, which is, you know, it's a shame because I do really like that game, but it's like, I just need a, need a minute. Need a minute. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you just and need. Playing, I played the, the Resident Evil 4 DLC. Uh, I always want to call it Assignment 8. Ada, but that's the other one it's a uh, separate ways where you play as as ada you play through the campaign as her and see what she was up to during that game uh and the gameplay adjustments they made to her are so fun she's like zipping around with a little zipline gun and she can like do these flying melee attacks oh, it's so like cool. makes the gameplay of resident evil which you're familiar with you've played two and three um it, it like ups the action even more um so it's just it's the type of thing that feels really good in your hands like armored core did just feels really good in your hands um and I can do that because I feel like it's more mechanical than it is like my brain power. Um, but yeah, I just, anything that involves any more in-depth thought, I almost bought cyberpunk the other day, actually. Uh, since everybody's been raving about it now that they've kind of done this update and the DLCs out, but I'm you're not ready a, to, to take the plunge yet. You're a, you're a PS plus guy. Like you have all of the necessary PS subscriptions right now, right? Are you, are you fully subbed? Cause you can, I was fully subbed, okay. but, um, Apparently, it just doesn't recognize my like account or my card anymore, so it just unsubbed me, and I haven't resubbed. I mean, I figured it out, but it unsubbed me, and I haven't resubbed it. Because they, uh, the way I got into it was there was a there's just a five hour demo, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you and that included like I downloaded it and I was curious if it would include the patch. And what happened is as soon as the patch came out, like it just patched the demo. I hadn't opened it yet, so I just yeah. opened it up. Which like is very it, cool that they patched the demo. Very very cool. Like and it, I think the reason for it is is because it's the full game. Like you download yeah. 190 yeah. gigs or whatever of the game, and then you Good just Lord. yeah, uh, <laughs> and then like you. It, it, as the time approaches, uh, like I just I just hit the button and was like, oh, I would like to pay thirty dollars for this because the, the the game's only thirty bucks right now, or was I don't know what it is now. Um, and the then DLC is thirty bucks too. DLC DLC is thirty dollars though. I did not buy the DLC. I was like, I'm just gonna take this slowly. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, once you buy it, like it just puts you, it just dropped me right back into the game where I, exactly where I was, like with no loading or anything. Like it was just like, oh, okay, you own the game now, you're good. That's so, dope. Yeah. That's dope. I like I like that game a bunch. I wanna I wanna play more of it. I've, uh, what else did I play? Um, I've been playing some It Takes Two with Pad, uh, our good friend Patrick nice. Stardust. That's a game about uh, making your daughter cry and getting a divorce. If nice. You, if you is that? What, I hope that's not what's going on with Pad. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just we we have a lot of fun because uh, I mean, like the game. I don't. Do you know this game? Do you know It Takes Two at all? Yeah, do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that uh, you and a buddy play split screen remotely or on the same console, and you're like solving puzzles together. Uh, but you play two parents um, who are in the process of like splitting up from one another and you get turned into like one of your daughter's toys. And presumably the only way to cure it is to make your daughter cry and get some of her tears yeah. to do a magic spell. Uh, and the whole time, like it's you and the other, the spouse and like y'all are just arguing the entire time. So it's very much like, it just, it feel like I, get, I don't want these people to get back together. I have no, I'm yeah. not rooting for these two protagonists at all. Like I want them to never speak to each other again, if, if possible. Who's, that, so. who's mom and who's dad? Uh, how do we split it up? I'm dad, um, and 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 Pat is mom, I believe. Okay, yeah. I guess he's got a lot of experience being dad in real life, so he wants to try he, something new. He does. He does. It's funny talking to Patrick nowadays because uh, ninety percent of his conversation is centered around his kid, um, which I don't mind. His kid is very cute. Yeah. She, yeah. she uh, she knows how to say Jeremy is the worst. Like that's one of the things that's that good. she can say. So that's every time we good. we get on the microphone, it's like it's Jeremy. Jeremy is the worst. Like it's like in the little British cute accent. It's oh, perfect. absolutely perfect. adorable. Yeah uh yeah so video games that's what i've been doing video mostly games. yeah i mean that's what that's all we ever do bake off's back i'm pretty excited about that how's uh, how's the new season i'm i'm in a weird place with tv where we're just kind of like background watching breaking bad which is a weird choice when you're going through chemo but it's been fun it's, uh, <laughs> it's been fun so far you know it, nothing too wild has happened yet nothing nothing too extreme well, i think um, the, the big thing is the new host because because oh yeah, allison uh, matt is matt is gone so yeah that's a good thing though <laughs> No offense to Matt, but <laughs> full offense to Matt. It's a good thing. I will. I will say that. But no, it's been good so far. Um, I think we're gonna rewatch some of the older seasons too. It's just you know that kind of time of year where you just want to watch people bake things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I get that all the time. There's a new season of the uh, Professionals, which is a I don't know if you. Yeah, we haven't it. started that yet. I think I like that a lot. We we were talking about it the other night, and I was like, do I want to watch people who are really good at this do something, or do I want to watch some struggling up and comers be good at this? I don't know. Well, I feel like the Professional Show does a good job of challenging them to, like challenging the professionals so much that it, mm. they, they have to they struggle through that shit a lot so i'm sure we'll watch it eventually it's only a matter of time yeah there's also um what else was coming on oh the fall of usher is out today are yeah. you i am I, I just it makes me as soon as i was reading about the fall of usher i was like man i hope me and chris can one day go back have the time to go back yeah. and finish haunted by ghosts i'd like to do the whole mike flanagan like, I'd, love, I'd love to do every one of them yeah, I mean, just every... We talk, we talk a big game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, but, like, we were doing like a lot at one point yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and like I'm, I'm on i'm on i'm in the outtakes being like i've got cancer and i have chemo brain let's do more podcasts yeah yeah it's ridiculous dude i but would I, love to do that because i've loved every one of them that i watched i haven't watched the one about the kids midnight club we watched so we we actually bailed on that um we we, we got to i think the last couple of episodes and bailed on it uh we just didn't particularly enjoy like what what was going on uh Mm -hmm. it just was taking forever to do stuff and it didn't have any of the like themes and the the absolute agonizing heartache emotional pain that the rest of his shows do um it was missing that that little even though that was you know about a bunch of kids a bunch of you know super sick kids uh and so you would think that it would have a lot more of that and it just didn't work for us and then they didn't get renewed kids yeah fuck them kids as george carlin once said uh, it didn't get renewed, and then they talked about like everything they were going to do in season two, and I was like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't wait for that." <laughs> I didn't even realize that that would have been like a another thing because he seems to always just work with the same cast doing different 
stories, which yeah. I think is perfect. You get, you don't like Hill House, maybe you like Blind Manor. If you don't like that, maybe you like Midnight Mass. It's just moving from one thing to the other has been has been cool. What was Blind Manor based on? It's based uh, on the book, right? Yeah, it is. I don't remember. We're both Googling. Uh, created by Mike Flanagan. Um, turn of the screw. The turn of the screw. There you go. Yeah. And obviously, Fall of the House of Usher now is, um, you know, that's based on a oh, thing that yeah. <laughs> we know, everybody does. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm, I'm looking forward to He's, watching I it. I think Flanagan is working on, allegedly working on a Dark Tower adaptation. He... <sighs> Or is keep saying he wants to. He's he said a bunch that he wants to, uh, and he said that like maybe some like rights stuff has cleared up so that he can, um, and I think that he has specifically said that he has written treatments for it. Um, so, but like whether that means that that's ever even close to being developed is a is a, is a huge question mark. But there's yeah. no, at this point there's no other person that I would like to see do that than than him. I think he either yeah. him or. Um, Oh, who's the big monster guy? Del Toro. Uh, oh, Del Toro. Yeah. Oh my God! Imagine some <laughs> some Dark Tower monsters. Yeah. By Del Toro. I'd want to see Del Toro take the Dark Tower and just change it so dramatically, like uh, Kubrick did with The Shining, that Stephen King hated it, <laughs> but was yeah, but it yeah. made it like everybody else loved it. Like it's it's yeah. it's really funny going back and I don't know if you've seen like clips of Stephen oh, King yeah. talking oh, about yeah. the, hating The Shining so much. It's really funny. So. Yeah. Um, Jess, I think, is about to read The Gunslinger for the first time. So I feel Ooh. like The Dark Tower is about to come back into my life in a big way. That's exciting. It's very, Dust very exciting. Dust off these old tattoos. <laughs> I, um, who was that? Somebody was asking, um, it may have been with Mary. Mary was asking me where she should start with uh, Stephen King. And she was like, maybe I should start with The Dark Tower. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like That first book is yes. And then you get to the third book and then like, he is writing from the perspective of a very stereotypical Southern black woman. And that's, yeah. it's, it's rough. <laughs> you got to get, yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's an intense thing. I don't know, but I think she was specifically asking like where I'm curious what your response to this would be. Where would you start with Stephen King nowadays? Like, where would you, mm. uh, like if someone has never read Stephen King, it was like, I want to get into it. Where would you, where would you tell him to start? Uh, I mean, Years ago, I always said Salem's Lot because I good love yeah. a good vampire book. Mm-hmm. Salem's Lot has a lot of. Um, I mean, I, when I I reread it last year, and there's like tons of like offensive language and stuff, but that's all old King. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a really solid horror novel. It's very 70s, but I think it's it's a great jumping off point for him if you like that kind of. It gives you a taste of the world building that he does. Like you spend a lot of that book just hanging out in that fucking town meeting lots of nice people and meeting lots of awful people and then spooky stuff is just happening around the periphery but i also think it's a very scary book and it scared me a lot when i first read it um in a very fun way um but that's yeah i don't know i mean do you start with the shining i i've never been like the biggest shining fan um so i don't know what, what do you think I don't, I really, it's, it's tough for me. Um, I think I would probably, even with all of the problematic stuff around it, I would recommend some of that early King stuff, like pre eighties, like just because they're short, they're self-contained. Um, like I think if you read Carrie nowadays, I don't think that people really expect Carrie, what the book is from what they probably know from pop culture, right? Like Carrie is like 80% news articles about the thing that happened, um, (laughs) which is very strange. Uh, and then like, Cujo is really weird like that. Salem's Lot is really weird like that. Um, like they don't, I mean, not the same kind of way, but they're relatively self-contained before he kind of gets out of control. And if it's not that, then I would like fast forward to modern day stuff um, where he's he's kind of gotten in control again and he's writing shorter books and like writing these individual stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, man, it's really tough. And there's some, there's some real trash in the middle. <laughs> And like, it's funny because like, I love Stephen King. Um, and it's, I will acknowledge that like, this isn't good. And I'd still love to read it. <laughs> like I'll, yeah. I'll, I would read it yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's very funny. I, I don't, I, I think I would probably, Salem's Lot is a really good answer to that. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I think that's, that's always my go-to. Um, what was what was your first King? I know we got to talk about the X Files, but you know Stephen King wrote an episode of the X Files. We'll get to that eventually. Oh, that's gonna be awesome! I can't wait. Uh, what was my first Stephen King? That is a good question. Uh, it whew, it might have been the Stand, my dude. Um, you started with the Stand. I I have like vivid memories of being in. It had to be seventh grade, 
and I think I've told you this before, of like dragging the hardback book on the bus oh, yeah. with me, oh, yeah. uh, like the full unabridged hardback that my mom had. Um, but it could have been, it was, it was probably like any of the, that era of Stephen King. Uh, Cause I was just coming up to read. My mom would buy a ton of Stephen King and Dean Koontz and all of like, I guess what you would consider now like airport reads, right? Like James Patterson's mm-hmm. and Sue Grafton's and all that stuff. Like I would, and I would just like consume that stuff because it was a little bit better than like the Christopher Pike stuff that I was also reading, uh, which is m- way more my level, which is what I should have been reading is Christopher Pike, R.L. <laughs> yeah. Stein. Uh, but what I ended up gravitating to was the, you know, the, the harder edge stuff. Um, and it would terrify me. There was parts in the stand that like, I could barely look at the page. It fucking frightened me. I was so terrified of it the first time I read it. And I was so young. Like it's one of the first memories I have of being scared as, as reading it. It leaves an an impression on you. It seems he has that effect on young readers. Something about King young people always end up reading his stuff. Yeah. They always end up being really, really sucked in. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's intense. What about you? Did you, do you remember your first one? I started with eyes of the dragon. Um, and it was at a, like a school book fair that you could, order books from a ma- magazine or whatever it was and i got eyes of the dragon because it just said dragon in it i thought that sounds cool didn't know who stephen king was i think i was 11 um really liked it but that's basically like a young adult novel that's the closest thing he's written to a young adult novel so that one felt somewhat appropriate and at the time my parents were just glad that i was reading something reading a book yeah that you weren't watching playing video games that you weren't watching cloud or squall do something yeah right (laughs) thank god Um, he's not he's not playing video games based on weather phenomena anymore (laughs) says says gary (laughs) and so for my 12th or 13th birthday somebody in my family bought me the gunslinger and they were the same like format same format of like the trade paperback so i thought that they were like related i was like oh is this the sequel or something what's the the, this guy's got guns in this um and it it fucked up my psyche you know in a way that was actually really kind of beautiful. A fucked up is the wrong term because it just consumed me in a way that you can only be consumed about something when you're that young. Um, and I was just seeing 19 everywhere. I was so into oh, it yeah, for absolutely. so long. Um, but yeah, those were my first two. And then I think I just stuck with the Dark Tower until I finished it because within a year, the sixth and seventh book came out. The fifth book had just come out when I started. That's crazy um, to, to me. To date that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then I, I don't even know what the first one I read that I read everything's eventual short store collection and then I think I read Salem's Lot I think that was where I went to after that um, Misery was probably one of my early ones too oh which I read is, Misery too yeah I read, read Misery early on as well I have a for whatever reason like the the part of Misery where he talks about um the like he said he's tied to the bed or whatever and he's talking about hunger and thirst as uh and he's like in his head he's related it to like a like a horse race of which one's winning um and like hunger was out by a mile at first and now and now thirst is going <laughs> is cu- catching up like that is emblazoned in my brain for some so reason funny there's some things that just stick in your yeah brain. and it's just it's probably like maybe two or three pages or no one's stephen king seven pages on the out of 800 yeah. right but it's it's something that i just can't i can't forget so um it's funny yeah, we'll be here all day if we keep talking about this. Uh, we should, yeah, we should probably just talk about the X Files that I watched like four years ago. It feels like so it's gonna excellent. Be, it's we'll gonna breeze be, through it. We, I mean, we got twenty-two minutes of outtakes. So. It's perfect. I love it. <clears throat> uh, okay. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is non. Wait, what is the name of this? Non-human. Bio- non-human biologics. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay.
Eight, five, five, six, four.